Yo, check it out. We're back. It's Counter Currents and host Petey Steele. And your co-host, Elena Torres. And today we have a very special guest, London Brown. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys. You've been headlining here in Arlington all weekend. Uh, How the show's been going? They've been cool, man. I I really appreciate people coming out because I know at at this point in my career, a lot of people still don't know who I am or know that I even do stand-up. So... All the love that people have been showing at these shows, I can't be more grateful for. So it's been it's been awesome. Well, no, yeah. it's been a fantastic weekend hosted so far. You know, it's definitely brought out a uh, very demographic in the audience. And, awesome, man. Uh, you know, I fuck with it. I think it's hype. And do you find that a lot of people come see you? Because a lot of people know you from Ballers and you've got a lot of big TV credits. But you've been at stand-up for a long time. Yeah, you know, I think it's still... It's, um... I think the audience, some people uh, have come out out of curiosity. Some There's a small percentage that, that will come out because of ballers. And then some are just, just some people, they're cops. I don't know where people come from. There's some cousins inviting them for a birthday. So whatever the reason is, uh, I'm really just appreciative that people even want to come out and pay attention. That's the, You know, as a comic, that's the main thing we want is just to come out to people. Wanting, we just want to be heard. You know, we'll do stand-up on a soapbox in the backyard or at Quinceanera. As long as people are laughing, we have an audience and a mic, we're ready to do it. So at least that's my approach. I, I'm, I'm just really grateful that people come out and, um, and have a good time. Have a good time. I'm, I'm, that's awesome. And you've been at comedy for a long time now, right? Yeah, I, I just, I think going on year, uh, my ninth year, I think this is. Ninth year or, or not the tenth year. So I'm, I'm you just said the fuck the anniversary, right? You've been doing it so well for so long. These dates are just like you know, man. Because I realized that it, it really comes down to you're not on until you're on. So that's it. I still. Mm-hmm. That's the cool thing about stand up is that from the, from the Chris Rock to the beginner, the work process is still the same as far as like having to work out with the material. No, no jokes are just jokes. They have to be gotten together and. We gotta hit the clubs and work them out, and flush out and punch them up. So uh, I, I have a lot of respect for the work process. And so for me, touring in these different cities is um, allows me to just not get comfortable in one demographic. Right. You know, I'm from mm-hmm. South Central LA, and you know I don't have just material for a black audience. I go, I did Arizona, Arizona, uh, the club in Arizona that was 98 percent white. And a couple Sounds of black people right. yeah. And then I, I did Naples, Florida. That was about 98, uh-huh. 99. Not only white, but they were older. I was going to say, not retired. only the percentage, but also age range. Age range. Mm-hmm. And the material works the same way with them. But then I can also go and do a show in Atlanta where it's 99% black. And, you know, so the things I talk about are very about myself and very honest. And so I think people connect to that. And so... Again, I, I'm, I'm, people, just as long as they listen and they come to the show have a good time, and, you know, I'm all about having a good show. It's not about me, but a good show, rather. Right, right. And you're all cleaned up. Me, we're, you and I were talking about earlier how I try to tell these young comics how the importance of grooming and not enough do it. Particularly yeah. the honky ones, yeah. you know. I try that is, to. That is 100%. I try to lead by example. You know, crisp fitted, fucking pressed shirt. Press jeans, some nice Jordans, something clean. Go to the barber shop, you know what? It, it, that's important. 
Yeah, presentation is important. Have you found that in your... Uh, I know that presentation is important simply because I'm black. Uh, Being black, as I talk about on stage, I joke about it, but it's a real thing how we're just held to a totally different standard. So, you know, uh, for me, appearance and all those things and it's important. I, you know, cut my hair before every show, you know, uh, but that's just, because also on a, on a more, on a business side or a branding side, I know that when I'm on stage, I really am branded to just more, it's more than just the audience that's there. I need to be appealing to, you know, the fact that people pay and got dressed to come see me yeah. or mm-hmm. to, to see the show to yeah. me, sounds self-agonizing, but the fact that people come out to the show, the least I can do is step up not only with the material, but give them something to want to look at, because it, ultimately we're really on a, we're on a branding idea, which is, I don't, I try not to, for my style, I don't curse like that all stage mm-hmm. anyway, but... Um, no, he doesn't. I've been with him all weekend. I'm right, a little ashamed yeah. of my own behavior. No, 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 you're good. <laughs> yeah, you're good, man. He's no, but, not quite there yet. No, but, but you know, for me, you know, that's just... Just the way I speak and articulate or whatever it is, I I'm understanding that people sometimes they're older people as as, as there have been at this show. There's some senior senior citizens at the show. Um, there's some single people at the show. There's um, straight guys. There's gay guys. There's married people. So I'm working a role. I'm, I'm almost as an appetizer within my set where I'm giving a little something for every for everyone to enjoy at some point throughout the show where. It's the single guy's perspective of being a bachelor and having a woman leave right after sex. Uh-huh. There is uh, the appreciation for older women of, of that and the, and also the respect. There's, I'm talking about the differences between uh, culturally between uh, black people and white people and the things that bring us together. So at the end of this, you know, people, there's a little something for everybody to enjoy. And, and even for me to be able to articulate those ideas, I think it helps that I, I'm dressed and, you know, that kind of thing. And actually tonight, if I can share this story, I was almost I almost missed my flight. So it was either miss the flight and pack my extra clothes that I had or snatch a couple main items, throw them in my backpack and catch the flight to be on time to do press and do these shows. So all I have with me is my backpack. That's it? You um, guys got to see this backpack. It's pretty small. It's a, it's, it's a pretty small backpack. I threw... Some denim tops in there because I figured I can do my denim on denim. Today, I had just stopped by the mall and I bought that sweater. I wasn't I was gonna do it, but yeah, there's some. there's a little for for the listeners out there. There's a little there's this little backpack. It's got to be, in a, yeah, not even a foot tall. Enough for a sandwich backpack. and a juice, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and, but, uh, and a yellow sweater sitting here. It's got it's silver London. studs on it though. Yeah, it's, that's a, a, it's a stylish backpack. Yeah, it's it's, an, it's sure. an MCM bag that was a, a gift to me because. Sometimes people like the, my style and they say, yo, can you wear our stuff and wear, try and whatever and people mm-hmm. do things. So I'm very grateful for that. But I, I just threw whatever I had in the bag, got here because performance more, was more important than missing the flight, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, but, uh, you know, this, you can't go wrong with denim. Denim is always a good, is, is good. You can mix and match it. You can dress it. You can pull it up, dress it down. Exactly. So, uh, but yeah, it is important to be, you know, to dress well, look well, because people come out to see me, so that's yeah. the least I can do. Like young comics, you're not supposed to look like the fans. 
Like I realize you're living in your parents' garage, you fucking are doing odd jobs for supplemental income, maybe you deliver pizzas for Uber Eats or something, yeah, but there man. is nothing stopping you from going to like TJ Maxx and getting some decent, like second tier level brand name clean like polo jeans you get yourself a nice polo tee something That's like it, this man. you That's beverly you hills polo cologne for fucking nine dollars and you can look just like pd steel yeah. it ain't really like you know it's rocket size maybe add an accessory maybe add a hat that matches everything take your ass to the it. barber you know, $60, you get yourself a nice shave. They put the Osage rub on you. Your fucking <laughs> eyes are, like, crying, glaring tears and whatnot, you know. It's a treat. I mean, maybe I'm just too old, but that's No, that's, I, I, I totally agree, man. I, I talk to, in fact, I help a lot of uh, comics, you know, on the law. I help, they will hear me say, yo, how do you put this together? Help me create a look and a style. Now, just people, and... Uh, I, I, I You're a barber too, right? You told yeah, me. Yeah, I do cut a little bit. I cut wow. a little bit. Wow. I, you know, that's a, but that's the thing because I, growing up, my mother couldn't afford to have my hair cut every week. So what happened was true story. I used to lie to my friend, tell tell them that my nice haircuts came from me. And then in the eighth grade, I had one of my friends for graduation say, "Yo, you cut your hair really nice. Cut mine." And I brought my clippers. I didn't know how to cut at the time. Huh. And was your, your mom was cutting your hair? Is that who was doing No, I, I, was going to, I was going to the barbershop every so, like every couple months I would go. Mm-hmm. And then I, I did perform my first haircut in the eighth grade, uh, or third grade actually. Put some parts in my head at Gumby. Cause my mom, but my mom also did cut my hair. Uh, and she was not a barber. Uh, <laughs> that's a whole other <laughs> type yeah. of haircut. Yeah. But, from that, I started cutting hair. I had some younger brothers. I would practice on them. Uh, but now, I cut hair for just, you know, not because I have to, but I just want to. I feel like, on a serious note, I feel like our gifts are not for us. So, um, the things that we're able to do really, really well, I feel like we're supposed to give them away. So, I cut hair not for any income. I cut hair because my, it's my service. That's the least I can do is give it back. Because I, I'm not trained to cut hair, I just not to cut hair like photography and anything else. That's how I know it's a gift. So you do that for free. So you're like Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's yeah, not yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. That's okay, not okay. that's not say free on the record. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. I tell my friend I say, yo, if they bring me something to eat, you know, okay. that's all yeah. I tell them. Okay, know. okay, okay. All, I, I was yeah, just right. wondering if but you I, like I volunteered at Barber College like one day and you're like the one lucky seat if uh oh, no, but someone... I, I've, I've done volunteer work but usually for like you sometimes around prom for young people, uh, which is prom season is coming up, so I'll go and help out at uh, juvenile halls and different things where you can't afford a haircut. I'll cut them up. I used to teach yeah. young, young people in after school programs how to cut hair because that's the least I can do. Sure, is yeah. get this stuff away. It's not for me. It's, it's not about me. Mm-hmm. And do you enjoy cutting hair? I do. If, if there was, some, I always forget this in, in, when I do these interviews. Sometimes people say, "What do you like to do for fun?" I like cutting hair. Well, it's kind of also like being a therapist in a way, I feel like. Cause so, people, talk about people it. People sit there and give you your whole life. Mm-hmm. Like, like when I get my hair done, it's like, I don't know. Something, yeah. There's something about that chair, and I just sit there and I tell I tell them my whole life. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's very, it be very therapeutic. And so, yeah, it's a very comfortable place. You want to build in these kind of indirect relationships with people because 
your hair is important. Yeah. Or your face is grooming, all that stuff is yeah. especially us, we're artists and the comments and different things. Grooming is is important, you know, so Do you see yourself maybe after comedy retiring and getting your own shop or something like that? I think that uh shoot, not even before I retire, okay. I just think that uh I, I enjoy it so much I would like to definitely set up some sort of barbershop space um, for young people um, who, who have gone and got the credentials and certified and that just be one of my things on the side you know because I know that you know uh, like uh, what's his name Jay Leno has his car collection mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah. Jerry Seinfeld has his car collection so that might be something I do which is some barbershops and um, some other artists I see I'm a I'm very artistic so to me cutting hair is, is art it's yeah. totally an art. So I, it's that's totally what I said. So that's if I can do that, then cool. I knew a bail bondsman who retired, and then he just opened up a cafe, and he just stays in the back and fries eggs for everybody. That's what he does. That's, that's what his he therapy. Does. He just that's sits there by himself fries and just crushes eggs. his egg. This is like the toughest man I've ever known. Yeah. Like he was a bail bondsman up in Newark, New Jersey. And so, like... He would drive this Cadillac everywhere and deal with all types of folks. I remember one story where he's going to the courthouse, stops at a stoplight, some kid runs up with a switchblade, starts clinking on the window of his caddy, oh like God. pretty much to say, give me your money. He just switches his fucking phone to the other ear, reaches down in his leg, pulls out the three fifty seven, wow. click, clicks right click back, back on the window. Kid just drops a knife and, sk- and it's over. Yeah, that's yeah. it, sprints. But that was I, his I get way to. Want to fry eggs after yeah, that. you know. <laughs> That's it, man. Thirty years of that. I mean, why would you want to talk to anybody? Yeah. That's, but that's, at the end of the day, <laughs> what, what it comes down to is, is a guy who is doing something that makes him happy. I think that so many people are, you know, and, and, and I trust me. I get the nine to five. It's, it's nothing. You got to work the nine to five till you can't do it. Whatever it is, if that's the case, at some point you got to do things that make you happy, though. Yeah. Because you can have an incredible job that pays whatever you think is a lot of money, but if it doesn't make you happy, at some point, it's not going to be fulfilling. This is why you have celebrities who commit suicide. The two keys of happiness is do we like who we come home to and what we do for a living. Those two things are very, very major. Not, but people have to understand that happiness does not come from external ideas. Happiness is an emotion that we get from the inside. So people gotta gotta really find out what makes them happy, and they should do that. It changes their life. It changes how they interact with other people. It's a different you, it's a different mood when you enjoy waking up and going to do what it is you like doing. Um, for, you know, for us, we you know we do stand up. So I have to wait until like I have to wait my whole day yeah. until you know to do the thing that I love doing. You know, so but I'm very grateful to be able to do it. Yeah, and a lot of people, I, th- I think it's interesting, like you said, like people are always confused by these celebrities that commit suicide and stuff because mm-hmm. isn't because people see that as the ultimate way to live your life. Yeah. But I think what a lot of people don't realize in a lot of these creative things that we do, stand-up is really lucky because it's so creative, but yeah. I think a lot of times in acting or even music, like you get to this point where there's so many executives telling you how right. you should be creative and it's not fun anymore. It's not fun anymore. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. You know, and it's a lot of pressure. I think when you have a lot of eyes on you, you feel a lot of pressure, and it's not the same self-expression that maybe you started with. Yes. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, I can just say me going from utterly offensive to merely problematic has definitely taken a toll on my uh, yeah, we had know, a big creative that spirit <laughs> animal. Yeah, we were talking about how now you have to be, you can't be as offensive as you were. Uh, no, years man. Ago. Like, you have to be extra careful. That's have the, you found that? You oh, have to be extra man. careful now? That's the hard thing about all of this is that part, which is like, man, we we can't we're not at the liberty to just speak the way we would want to speak and, and, you know anymore you got to be careful because you mess around the wrong joke and it's not only it's not only like oh it's offensive it's like now you and that it's a career you got to be it's a career move like oh am i yeah. jeopardizing my career it's like yo you know and, and that's why you know it, that part of is is really to have to do all that kind of filtering because there should be a, a space where, especially with stand-up, where you say, okay, you should be able to say what you want to say, and, you know, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's so touchy, man, you gotta, it's it is delicate, so touchy. man. And I feel like if it's funny, it should go. Like, yeah. like if people are laughing, yeah. it that's should it. be allowed. It should go. But that's, that's but that's not the way that it works. And I mean, I thought, for a long time, I thought I would never be an offensive comic because a lot of the comedy I do, I just talk about myself and my life and yeah. try to get people to identify. But then even in that, sometimes you say something or you bring up you know, something that might sound too feminist, which I never thought. You know, I don't know what that even means. <laughs> well, but people are like, oh, it's a little bit, it's a little too much. I, I had a couple women, I did a show uh, a couple weeks ago in Phoenix. And mind you, in my set, you know, even though I talk about the cultural differences between black and white mm -hmm. people, I'm never at any point, not even my regular life, on stage, on Instagram, whatever, I'm never saying, hey, this group uh, push violence, never anything like that. Mm -hmm. it's not, it, hate takes too much energy, and I can't afford to waste any. Mm -hmm. But what I do is I simply just went through the differences, and I had a woman, she said, you know, London, uh... You know, the stuff about the differences between black and white, you know, we're in 2019. Do you really got to bring it up? Everything is so fair. I say, yo, you're in a different reality. Yeah. I said, you got to really understand that things are really not fair. And it's not, it's not, you know, and I, and I go through this through my Instagram where I, I post these memes. And not to get people riled up or to cause any confusion. But I really post these memes and I say, I want you just to see really flat, without non-opinionated, non-opinionated, and I always challenge my followers. I say, go back and I want you to do the research on what it is I'm saying so you don't think that I'm just, you know, uh, nitpicking into trying to find things to get people in a tizzy. I say, no, go back and I want you to really look at these cases and look at the things. I say, yo. We got evidence of injustices. We got evidence of racism. We got evidence that things are not equal. So before you, I realized that, you know what? A lot of people get bothered with me or other people speak on these things. They get bothered with me addressing racism, but they're not bothered with racism. Yeah, you know. Yeah, they're bothered that, that you're talking, talking about. about it. Talking about You're not bothered by the fact that it's happening. That it's happening. They'd right? rather you whitewash it. Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so yeah. as long as you don't bother uh, the piece of oppression, then you're okay. 
but it's it, it's so blatant it's so blatant and, and this is my thing I just want things to be fair and equal across the board when when black people get commit commit crimes if you did the crime do the time I'm all for it if you did the crime do the time however if you if you're not black and if you're white if you do the crime do the time I'm not saying I'm not the guy who's saying all black people you know because they're just because they're black let them be free I'm not with that mm -hmm. Justice. I want justice to be justice I, I know I got friends who, who've done all kinds of uh, acts Mm -hmm. And you know nefarious acts and, and all kinds of nefarious acts. Yeah, Woo! I love I love words. That's a good word. Yeah. Full of the, the characters, full of debauchery. That's all right. I'll give you that for free. Yeah. <laughs> no, all but right. the point is, is that you know I'm like I just want things to be equal and fair because to to not get along because of color. It's just such a very uh, it's such a very ephemeral idea. I'm like we we're I feel like as people. Just the way we clicked. Yeah, yeah. For the for the listeners, if you don't know, I'm black. If you haven't figured that out by now, and he's white, and so is and so is she, and kind the of. energy. Late as half Latino. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Except for the last name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. That's all right. But the point is that um, my my core point is this, which is you're two individuals, and her her is Tiffany Kane as well. I have not met before. And I feel like people should be able to come into a space who have not known each other, and there should be a click. Right. Anytime there isn't some sort of vibe between individuals, right. it's usually someone has some sort of personal issue that they haven't worked out. Uh -huh. Otherwise, there's, there's no reason why you and I shouldn't be able to right. ride in a car. Do a, it should just mesh. Yeah. That's the way all my relationships are. I don't have a thing. I don't have a hiccup. Between anything, right. two people, three people I have, I have never known before. Tiffany hit me. She said, "Hey, yo, I'm out here. Would like to be a part of your show." <laughs> Tiffany and I hit her actually probably I think the day before or something. Get down, let's do it. I don't feel no type of way because I know what that is when you're trying to be working as a comic on the grind. I've never met her, never spoken to her before. She hit me, Tiffany, come through, mm -hmm. do some time, mm -hmm. boom. Ain't no weird feeling with me. I don't feel right. no type of way. I want both of you as going on the show as the host and as the feature do well. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'm not that kind of guy. But a lot of times when people are insecure, mm -hmm. they inflict, they inflict or impose their insecurities onto others. That's why you get a lot of people who will, they call themselves being outspoken and very direct. And so they come for everybody. Yeah. A lot of times those people are very insecure. By if I'm always punching out, yeah, I can't yeah. be punched. Yeah, right. That's right. I don't feel that type of way. That's right. I'm like, yo, I'm comfortable. Do well and yeah. do very. In fact, if I can help you do well, tell me, help, ask me, so I can help you excel. So I, I just, not to be verbose about this, no, no, but cool. I just want people to. Um, I, I, I'm just all about unity, love. Let's do it, and let's. Let's be good energy. Let's rock. Let's do it. And both draft houses. Come on. Yes. Talk about it. Drive both draft houses are all about Ugh. unity and love. And we got some great unity and love coming next week. There you go. Both of our locations. We got my man Steve Renazizi coming go, down Steve. from L.A. 
Uh, that's going to be Friday the 5th at 7.30 and 10, and Saturday the 6th at 7 and 9.30. Then at the D.C. Draft House Comedy Theater, they're going to have Saint, uh, Dan St. Germain. Uh, Friday the 5th, 7 and 9, Saturday the 6th, 7 and 9. We haven't decided who we're getting on yeah, this we'll junk yet. Yeah, we'll let you guys know. It's going to be a surprise, let you know. but it's one gonna of those people is going to be on the podcast next week. You Let's get it for his memory right there. I like that Robert right. Day's memory just dropped on us. Thank you, thank you. So, uh, yeah, hit us up on the CounterCurrents Instagram, CounterCurrents DC on Twitter, and our CounterCurrents Facebook page for a chance to win three free sets of tickets to each of those you heard events. That. Three free sets. You can go a date. Your friend can take a date. You can bring the family. It'll be a great time as long as they're over 21. But yep. that will be a lot of fun. Get your taxes in. Celebrate a week early. Why not? Ooh, I'm yeah. the taxes are going to do mine. Uh-huh. Ah! My accountant handled that, and now I owe Trump. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's the way we're going to end this podcast. Definitely want to thank my man, London Brown. Yeah, thank you. So much for doing great. This. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Tiffany, you guys for like sitting in, and we will see you next week. Peace. Woo. Boom. Come on.